Welcome to the Hot Seat, David Judge, and here we are at Season 2, Episode 5 of the Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on on the real estate industry, and we find out where these influencers see current and future trends and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. Now, today, we're releasing an interview we recorded with Tanya Tipman, who is the director of an accounting firm, Consolidate, which recently merged with BDO, where Tanya now is the head of strategic innovation for BDO in Australia, while still being the director of the firm, Consolidate. Now, one of the main reasons I'm excited to interview Tanya is she comes from a business owner's background. So she actually has experience in operating businesses outside of the accounting space and uses accounting principles to grow those businesses. In other words, Tanya shares real-world knowledge. Okay, in our interview, we discuss why tough times are coming for the real estate industry due to a lack of understanding of the numbers of the business, how systematizing a business can have a huge impact on the value of a rent roll, how cloud has impacted the accounting industry and how that change will impact the real estate industry and the steps a principal can take to start to understand the performance of a business and never be afraid to ask any stupid questions. Now, Tanya is one of the best accountants, and I've had a number of accountants over my time in business that I've ever met, and I know that her real-world advice has helped many within the real estate industry. We have a a number of clients that also work with Consolidate, so you know what? Make sure you listen through to this interview to the very, very end, and you'll get some incredibly valuable tidbits. Okay, anyway, that's it. Let's get into it and roll it. Hello, David here from the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff, and I have with me... Ever Judge. And also... Tanya Tipman. Excellent, Tanya. So Tanya, thank you very much for coming and talking to us today. And um, we're going to have a bit of a chat uh, to you around where you think the the real estate slash property management industry is now, where you think it's going in the future. Um, And just from your unique angle, because you come from a background in accounting, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So many years as an accountant, but um, probably in more recent times, uh, really take a stance in educating business owners. So we work with a lot of businesses to grow and sort of overcome and understand uh, the financial basics, you know, of running a business. Yes. So let's get into it then. And can we start by telling me how you got into this industry? How I got into this industry? Well, uh, gosh, over 20 years ago, um, I, it actually started because my parents were in business and okay. uh, and I wanted to help them to be able to understand their numbers. And back when I was at at school, actually, um, you know, seeing the stress that business owners can go through, that whole financial stress, I picked up a program, which was MYOB, and started mm-hmm. sort of helping my parents do their books and went on to study accounting and, uh, yeah, and ended up in public practice. So you know, sort wow. of supporting business owners. Yeah, so you enjoy the industry then? Yeah, I do. And <laughs> I really, you know, I think that um, accountants have quite a unique talent to be able to use numbers to sort of really help and transform businesses but also people's lives so mm. I I take the view that um, you know we have a really um, a really unique position that we can actually transform and help people and sort of take them away from that financial stress and sort of solve the business issues so mm. in a combination of strategy but also understanding that sort of key financial data yes. um, that supports a business so if we if we then transition that across to the, the real estate industry mm-hmm. <clears throat> what do you see as being some of the um, the challenges that people from from your perspective are, are facing within the industry at the moment? Yeah, uh, 
Look, I, I think that we're probably heading into some tough times in the real estate industry, and um, you know, certainly that that tends to be the you know, I guess what's um, being discussed at the moment. But yes. um, often, you know, the understanding the underlying financial basics around a business is something that I find real estate agents, you know, they may be great at selling or they may be great at you know um, running a property management business, but actually understanding the numbers tends to be something that you delegate. To someone else mm. uh, right. and I think when you get into a crisis or, or into a downturn in any sort of business cycle then you know actually connecting with that and, and understanding and, and being able to use that to get your way out of it mm. is think, so important. I think one of the biggest challenges around that is because a lot of the realist owners or principals of agencies were ex-sales people, yeah. were ex-property managers and they, they, they were great at what they did and they, they still are, but mm-hmm. they branched off mm. and now they're running their own agencies and do they have the background knowledge? Yeah. Not always. No, and look, you know, even for accountants, to be able to run an accounting practice, we have to do a course on, you know, how to understand to run a business. Yes. You know, but yes. but I don't think that happens in many other no. industries. No, and no that's right. No. Yeah, it, you know, that that's a key area that I see... Um, we see so much opportunity because if they do choose to connect and to understand numbers, they can actually um, transform their business. Mm. But this, this goes across <coughs> all types of businesses. It's it does. not just real estate agencies. Mm. It's, it's literally from a fish and chip shop, I guess, to, yeah, it is. to, to a, is. a big agency mm. itself. And I think one of, the, um, one of the other challenges as well within the real estate industry from a property management side, mm. understanding that uh, within property management, that's, an, that's the asset of the business because yes. that's the thing that you can you know, use to create generation generate cash flow and then you yep. can use it as a sale entity. Yep. The, um, the competitiveness within the industry and, and people that aren't differentiating themselves away from others within the industry and that, that forcing it to become competitive around uh, around the percentage of fees that they're taking, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. and the value, you know, and, and, you know, looking at how that register or rent roll is actually valued. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of pressure in, in terms of what you can get and, and having systems and process in place and, and good sort of stability across the, the rent roll and actually the, the staff in the business mm. um, will add to a better value in terms of, of what you can get for that investment, that asset. So, yes. you know, it's really important that people understand that they're building an asset. You know, it's not just about running a business or, you know, generating an income stream um, mm. and, and looking and doing the things that they need to do to be able to, you know, build a strong business so they can get a good return yes. at the end of it is, is critical. So if we get down to more specifics then, so mm. you're talking about building an asset. So you mentioned what systematization yeah. of the business? Yeah, and you know this again. This is something I see quite poorly in real estate. Um, it in general that the systems and the processes are something that you know if they get those right, uh, there's so much to be gained in terms of profitability, but also in terms of the ultimate value that they're going to get around you know a property register. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know it's something again because of their skill set because often they've come from a sales background and. You know, some of them are quite entrepreneurial. Um, the detail is something that is not, you know, doesn't light them up, and they they don't <laughs> tend to want to do. If but they've what got salesperson yeah. or what outgoing person really has that attention yeah. to detail? It's, yeah. It's mm. not- and, and it's why you have to build a great team around you. So, exactly. you know, having the right people that actually um, have the skill set to have those systems and processes in place. But, um, you know, it's very easy to come unstuck and to get out of control if you don't have great systems in place. Mm. Absolutely. So with that in mind, uh, disruptors. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the term disruptors, uh, we, who, was, who were we interviewing? Um, Ray, Ray, Ray. So Ray Ellis, Ellis um, who's um, the CEO of um, First National, he was saying that there's no such thing as disruption. Disruption is business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, when you look at the, our, the life cycle of our business, for example, and where we've gone, it's, it's been yeah. about adapting, 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 adapting. So with that in mind, what do you see in the next, let's say, two years as being some of the, the bigger disruptors within business in general? And then if you can, like targeting it down to the real estate industry? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, and in my business, I've always sort of taken that view that change is a constant. You know, we've just yes. got to constantly involve and we're sort of in this state of continuous improvement all the time. Um, I really like to take a view of, um, you know, building your strategy around who your future client is. And if we look forward, say, five years, you know, even in the real estate industry, who would, who is likely to be, you know, the future client? How are they, what services, what are they, um, how are they likely to transact? How do they want to be communicated with? All of those things start changing if you mm. actually look ahead, you know, in the next five years. So um, I think that's the opportunity is to, you know, is to really sort of look forward and say, you know, what might this be in five years time? Because if you're planning and strategizing around a business um, as it exists now, then it's going to quickly get out of date, you know, yes. and and you will miss you will miss those opportunities, and you will have disruptors that come in and you know take the market. I mean, you look at what's happening online. There's so mm. much now that, you know, so much that people are buying online that you would think they would never have bought that. I mean, who would think you'd buy shoes online? Everyone used to. Everyone I used do. to think. I know. <laughs> I know. But people people used to think that you know no one would buy shoes you online because on. you've got to try them on and they've got to feel right, but. You know, now we're buying so much online. So you just, you see the impact of what's happening um, in terms of, you know, digital transformation. Mm. Um, and and I think, you know, you, I also in the real estate industry, it's still very, very paper-based. Yes. You know, it, it's one of those industries that yet, yet you know, hasn't evolved to the degree that many other industries have. We're still dealing with pen and paper and signing contracts. And, you know, I think that that, um, there's a whole lot of, um, probably process and efficiency increases that we can get once mm. that starts transforming as I well. I think there's really good changes happening at the moment mm. there now, but but you're right, it it still hasn't fully happened for for mm. a, a great chunk of businesses. But I'm mm. I'm loving the fact that I can see a lot of businesses are moving to a paperless environment now. Mm. So mm. so definitely moving in that direction. But yeah, and you mentioned that your first your first experience, I guess, if you were to call yeah. it an accounting, was MYOB when you were younger, yeah. oh, yes. and that would have been what software based. That was, yeah, that was, yes, that's it, right. Yeah. yeah, that was in a, I'm not that old, but. But yeah, it was definitely. And, you know, and that was when computers were, um, you know, there was no internet. There were, it was, you know, operated off locally off a computer and um, nothing like what we've got now and the speed of mm. how we account for things. And, you know, platforms like Xero have just really opened up so many opportunities. Yeah, and how, would it, how has that changed? Because it's, mm. you've now gone realistically from a uh, what, is, what would you call it a physical environment to a cloud-based environment yep. within your industry how has that changed the industry yeah things are happening much much faster and you know the thing I love about it is we now have choice and and what probably zero has brought to the table is um, you can choose the best software solutions in you know for each function in your business and mm. you can get them all to talk to each other so, you know, we now have this greater choice, whereas before it was you had to choose a platform and you had to go with every single thing that that platform offered you. And if it didn't have everything, you know, if, if you maybe got 80%, you were kind of happy. 
Um, whereas now we can actually choose best of breed of everything. Mm. Um, they all talk together. The automation is incredible. So, you know, there's no need to have um, paper-based invoices. Everything yes. can be electronic. Yes. Uh, you know, the way that we and, – and, you know, the way that we actually use and, and look at our data is so much more sort of at your fingertips. It's not – you know, you don't have to wait for – an accountant to send you something at the end of you know the month to say this is how you went for the month you're seeing this real time so mm. you know we're we're able to uh, you know i think and and that is a great opportunity in business we're able to see the data real time we're able to um forecast much more easily and we're able to actually act on that data faster yes so we don't you know we don't have this lag in terms of waiting and then trying to think about, well, what strategy do we need to implement to overcome this? Mm. And do you think it, it's interesting because we work together. Mm. Um, we work with Consolidate and <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I think when before we were working together and we started to really break down our business and start to um, systematize and gain, you know, gain real financial insights, mm. I was scared about looking at the data in some ways and talking to other business owners as well when it comes to the, their accountant it, it, uh, sometimes a comment is made around the fear of actually seeing the figures yeah do you do you experience that as well we do and, and when we're when we're running our workshops and and doing the education piece it, it is you know we see it we see the full-on anxiety that business owners go through when they look at their numbers when they you know are actually confronted with having to look at them um, it's really, and, and I think, you know, it, it's not a great thing. It's actually something that I'm quite critical of in our industry that we haven't yes. done well. I, I think as accountants, we've sort of been the keepers of the numbers and we haven't, um, we haven't empowered our clients and we haven't actually explained to them so that they feel comfortable looking at their own information. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, that, that's part of what really drives us to, to do a lot more in the space of financial education is, is to empower, uh, you know, the business owners yes. um, so they can make the decisions, they can see the impact of what they're doing um, and they can, you know, they can be part of the conversation. Like, mm. I just think it's really important in this whole financial function and when you're running a business, it's not a hand it over to someone else and now it's their responsibility. You have to take a very collaborative approach. Yeah, and, and understanding those numbers. I yes. think that, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges, really knowing where your business is at and where your mm. business is going to be at in six months' time. Mm. And not when it's too late. They, yeah, because exactly ultimately right. if it goes bad, is whose fault is it? Is it your accountant's fault? Oh, absolutely. Or is it yours? It is, you know, and, and at the end of the day, who's going to be left with all the bills and, and yes. no cash flow to pay it? it you right. know, you're not going to turn up and say, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you, the numbers were wrong and therefore now we're in this situation. Well, no, at it, Christmas time, I forgot there's no income for three weeks. Yeah. So we still have to pay wages that's right you know yeah. it, it ultimately it, I, it just fascinates me how business owners do try to delegate that piece when it's such you know such a critical piece of running a business but, but also is it, based? is it really because they are literally afraid of what they might discover or is it, it or, <laughs> well yeah potentially or is it potentially fear-based because I don't understand my numbers Look, and I'm too embarrassed to say mm. I don't understand how to read a mm. P&L I think it's primarily that, you know, mm. I, I think it's primarily, I don't want to come across as though I don't know what I'm doing here. Yes. Um, I'm really comfortable doing what I do well, and I'm just going to keep doing that and someone else can look after this other piece, exactly. mm. you know, but, but it, 
as a business owner, you have to take responsibility for that. And I think yeah. going back to the property management real estate sort of space. Yes, because we're sort of going off track, aren't we? We are a little bit. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's <laughs> important. Uh, no, but it's good. But, but I mean, I think there, uh, uh, there is such a high focus on, on the trust accounting, making sure that, that hmm. the balance sheets are you know, balance literally when it comes to the income yeah. in, in the well, they have They have a higher risk element yes. when it comes to financial information. So, you know, um, everything that we're talking about it very much applies to that real estate, um, you know, industry because yes. it, their risk profile is so much higher. That's right. Um, if things go wrong, if they get it wrong, you know, they There's have a lot more legal at risk. obligation, yeah. Yes, That's right. So, you know, it is... Um, and and I see it so much in that industry that they do just delegate to someone else, and yes. and you know cash flow issues. There's there's so many um, so many implications of just sort of leaving it in someone else's and that, hands. That was my my I guess point is mm-hmm. is there's such a high focus on that trust accounting, making sure that part balances, but how much focus is actually placed on the running of your own business mm-hmm. and the future forecasting of your business? Yeah. Is it there? Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't know. Um, from your perspective, what do you... From my perspective, um, you know, I I see a high degree of um, people in this industry that are not really in control of that. Yeah. You know, I think that they, they might see or think that they are because someone in their business is looking after it or they've got a bookkeeper that's looking after it and they've, they've put it in their hands. But... Um, you know, I can also tell you several instances where they've done that and it's come back to bite them. Yes. You know, so I thought someone was under control, but actually when we've sat down and started unpacking what's really going on, they've just been so shocked to see yeah. how badly it's being managed. Actually, it's mm. interesting because I was at a, a partner's conference just a couple of days ago and, mm. you know, there was a lot of trust accountants in the room, predominantly trust accountants, and, you know, some of them were saying that, there are businesses who literally change software just to hide some of the, oh, really? the errors, and you know mm. it, 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 it is a big challenge in the Should industry. Should we be talking about this? Probably not. <laughs> 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 I didn't say who or what. Or no, that's right. uh, but but no, it's it. I, I it is. It's, it's look, it, it's so a really and it's kind of unspoken. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't get spoken a lot no, because, because fear and embarrassment around right. it potentially mm. as well. But I guess mm. that brings me to my question. I'm sorry if I'm going off track, David. Okay. But what <laughs> advice would you say to somebody in the space of real estate or property management, a principal mm-hmm. who's sort of there going? Okay, I'm not quite sure. Like, what what would you suggest? From what would be the next steps that that they should consider mm. when looking at the business from a numbers perspective, or to look, you know? Yeah, look, I think as a as absolutely, um, you know, a priority, they've got to start engaging with looking at the numbers. So if they have someone in the business, I'm not saying they've got to get hands on and do the numbers and do the bookkeeping no, themselves, but they certainly, yeah. you know, they certainly need to know how to access their information. So yes. you know, equally, I see a lot of um, you know, real estate um, principals who do not even know how to get into their accounting software. Mm. You know, I, I think you've got to be empowered. So you've got to be yes. able to at least go in, understand the numbers, know what you're looking for. Um, sometimes it's sometimes the information is confronting or confusing because it's not structured properly. Yes. So, yes. you know, I, I take a view that um, you've got to set up your financial information so that it's informative for you. And if you're mm. if you're working off a set of accounts which your um, accountant has prepared for tax purposes, that's that's informing an accountant for tax Correct. purposes. Correct. That's yeah, actually right. a story. Yeah, yes. it's not actually informing you as a business owner. So you know you need to make sure that the information talks to you and tells you what you need to know. Mm. Um, and and 
do it in a collaborative way. So, you know, don't sack the bookkeeper and sack the accountant and say, right, I'll, you know, I'll do it all myself, but actually work with them and yes. make sure you take time out to look at the numbers, you know, every month and ask the stupid questions because, mm. yeah. you know, I, I guarantee there's been so many people that have said, um, oh, you know, it's a stupid question. I didn't want to ask it. And it's actually a really valid question. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you don't understand everything that's in there, ultimately that's your information. You need to understand it. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it was good ever because that was actually bringing us oh, back on track. That I'm was the next question. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah that, that's basically this part of the interview. So what we're mm-hmm. going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and put Tanya on the hot seat and mm-hmm. ask you a couple of questions so we can get a bit of insight but into... Before we do, David. Yes, sorry. Um, shameless plug. No, no, we did that after that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. So we'll be, <laughs> we'll be back shortly. <laughs> okay, welcome back, Tanya. Thank you. Okay, so here we are at the 60-second hot seat where we're going to go through and ask you a series of questions. If you can answer with short and concise answers, if you can't think of an answer, then certainly pass and then we can come back to it. Or you can say, I don't want to answer that, sorry. All right. There <laughs> we go. Okay, are we ready? We yes, can ready. ask. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay, number one bucket list item. Uh, that would be, um, oh, gosh, so many things that I'd like to do. Uh, probably to live in Europe for about six months. Mm, awesome. The strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, I don't eat too many strange things, but my husband eats plenty. Um, pass. The, <laughs> describe, yourself in, <laughs> describe yourself in three words. Uh, um, adventurous. Um, Except when it comes to food. <laughs> that's right that's right um creative uh and fun excellent uh, how do you spend the first three hours of your day uh we kick off most days with a walk and at the moment it's in the dark um uh, with our two dogs mm. and uh getting kids ready for school and organized and um yeah and and enjoying a nice drive to work in on in my car on my own listening to good music fantastic <laughs> favorite drink water would, would you prefer to be invisible or be able to fly Ooh, uh, i think that uh fly a mistake that ended up being a success oh so many <laughs> <laughs> um mistake that ended up being a success gosh this is the hot seat the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh, um, uh, I think uh, the way I used to recruit staff, I think, turned the the challenge turned into an opportunity to to fix it in mm. business. Yep. How much money is enough? Husk mm. an accountant. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have the answer eight decimal points. <laughs> yes, and I'm not a real detailed person, uh, but um, yeah, how much money is enough? Um, I think there's a number. I'm just not sure what it is. What is your biggest non-negotiable? Mm, honesty and integrity. Morning or night? Mm, morning. Morning, but walking dogs in the dark, of mm. course. Weapon of choice. <laughs> Sorry. Weapon of choice. Weapon of choice. Mm, not really into weapons. Um, uh, Pass. <laughs> it can be your phone. It can be your voice. Uh, for somebody, it was, a, what do you call it? The little stick that they hit their kids with in the morning when they're not getting up and getting <laughs> ready. Spoon. Wooden spoon. Wooden Thank spoon. you. That's the big words. Yeah, see, I, don't, I just don't use weapons. I'm mm. too <laughs> Biggest nice fear? For that. Biggest fear. 
Um, I don't have too many fears either, uh, um, but I, I really don't like spiders or snakes. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Uh, I would be, um, I think, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing, I love what I'm doing now. I just, I can't even imagine doing anything else because I love what I do. But uh, if I wasn't, it'd have to be something creative. I really, I, I like creating things. Yes. University or School of Hard Knocks? Um, I had both yes. <laughs> and I'd go School of Hard Knocks. Uh, what advice would you give to an 18-year-old Tanya? What advice would I give to an 18-year-old Tanya? Um, this is longer than 60 seconds. I know, I know, because you're taking a long time to answer. <laughs> um, that's just me all over. Um, um, okay, advice that I give to um, don't don't um, do anything differently. <laughs> I, yeah, go with your passion. One item you could not live without. There's only one question after this. My family. And how many keys do you have on your keyring? I have several key rings <laughs> and each only has about two or three keys. It's the same as us because we don't like to have. That's right. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you very much for answering Pleasure. the hot seat questions. They were hard. I know, right? <laughs> um, now the last part. It's a shameless plug. Shameless plug. Ah, yeah, so right. what would you like to talk about that's going on in your business right now that you'd like the world to know about? It can be anything at all yeah well i mean uh, given our conversation today we the the financial education bit is what we're just so passionate about so um, we run a 12-month program which actually educates and empowers business owners to really um, build their business from a, a sustainable point of view understanding their numbers but we pull it all apart put it back together um, do some amazing work and we're working specifically with real estate agents over the next mm. 12 months so oh, we're really really um, uh, keen to um, sort of take this to a, a specific group and work with real estate agents going yes. forward um, and continue the the journey and, and the great work we're doing and if somebody was interested in finding out more information how would yeah. they do that and that would be through accelerateprogram.com.au and that's with an eight yes so uh, there's yes. going to be a link there which will have it there and it'll be in the <laughs> show notes Zara. as well and Zara yeah. <laughs> okay we fantastic well thank you Tanya for coming on to the no, hot seat my pleasure thank, thank you for you. answering the hot seat questions yep. thank you Eva for coming along and interviewing with me pleasure and thank you everybody for watching and we'll see you next time on the hot seat Thank you for listening to this episode with Tanya. And before you go, I'd ask if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat, wherever you listen to your podcasts, especially on Spotify and Apple. Also, I wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I'm 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing. I didn't realize it, but there's actually a lot of background work that goes into creating a podcast. And we could not have gone through all the steps well, I couldn't anyway, without outsourcing it to an overseas team. I record the content that you're looking at right now or listening to right now, and then I send it offshore where they handle the video, the audio, the website, the podcast distribution, the marketing, the shot, the short excerpts, and so, so much more. So I just want to say a special thank you to our team in the Philippines. Okay, great. Thank you again for all your support, and we'll catch you in a fortnight again for the hot seat.